Jesus' final night with his disciples. In just a few short hours, he's going to be betrayed by one of his own. He's going to be arrested. He's going to be tried for crimes he did not commit, found guilty, beaten, and killed. But before that happens, Jesus gathers with his disciples one final evening. We're told in Luke's gospel that leading up to this night, the disciples are arguing over which one of them is the greatest. Imagine that in the presence of Jesus himself, who is about to die on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins, to bring reconciliation to the whole world, and they're arguing about which of them is the greatest. So Jesus leans into the moment to teach them one more time. He kneels down and he washes their feet. He shares a meal with his disciples and they break the bread and share the cup. Jesus then reminds them that they are to love one another the way that he loves them. And then we get to John chapter 17 where Jesus prays. When Jesus prays, I think we ought to pay attention. We are told throughout the Gospels that Jesus regularly prays. He has a habit of coming away by himself to pray, but very rarely do we hear the words that Jesus prays. But in John chapter 17, the entire chapter is a recording of the prayer that Jesus prays on this night. A prayer that we just listened to. It's the lead-in to the sermon. Jesus prays, first of all, for himself. He prays that he would be glorified so that he could return glory to the Father. And then, and then he prays for his disciples. He turns from himself to pray for the twelve. And then at the end of the prayer, he begins to pray for all of those who will ever believe in him. That's you. That's all of the Christians who have ever believed and will ever believe in the message of Jesus Christ. In this moment, on this difficult night, as he stands between what his disciples haven't learned yet and what is about to happen to him, he turns his attention to all those who ever will follow, and he prays for us. When Jesus prays, we ought to pay attention. I've been captivated by one small word in this prayer. In Greek, the word is kathos. And as I have studied this chapter and tried to live into this prayer, I've been captivated by this word kathos. In English, it means, ready? Just as. Woohoo! The word as, how many of you like the word as is your favorite word? Like, woo, as, like that. Mm. 
I want to tell you that if you will pay attention to the eight times in this prayer that Jesus says just as, kathos in Greek, if you listen to that and you try and live into that, it will change your life. How can the little word as change my life? Jesus tells us what it means to be a fully devoted follower of Jesus with the word just as. Jesus tells us what it is that he has in mind for us as he uses that word. John chapter 17, verse 21. Here Jesus is praying for all who will ever believe in him. That's us. And he prays that we, well, he, did, he says all, that all of them, that's us, may be one Father, just as, kathos, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us. Jesus prays, Father, may they all be one. Just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us. Jesus prays this radical prayer that our relationship with the creator God would be just as, the exact same as, the relationship that Jesus has with the creator God. Stop and think about that. That'll blow your mind. That Jesus, who has lived all eternity in perfect eternal oneness with the God who created everything, that Jesus, the, the Son, one part of the eternal trinity that has lived in perfect love and oneness with one another for all eternity, prays that our relationship with God would be exactly the same as his. Just as. With that one prayer, Jesus shows us that his mind, his goal for us is a complete oneness, is a participation in the life of God that looks exactly the same as Jesus does. That we would know God the same way that Jesus does. That we would love God the same way that Jesus does. And that God would know and love us the same as Jesus. Jesus prays that we would be in a growing, intimate relationship with the holy God who loves us tremendously. Peter, one of the 12 disciples who heard this prayer, would later put it this way in one of his letters, that through God's great promises, Peter says, we may participate in the divine nature. See, we're not just onlookers to the world that God has created and the work that God is doing. We are not just recipients of what God is doing in the world, but we are participants in who God is himself. It's a radical invitation to know and love God and to know and be loved by God the same that Jesus is, that we might have an intimate relationship with the creator God, just as. Verse 22 and 23 that follow this, 
Jesus prays, I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one just as we are one. I in them and you in me, so they may be brought to complete unity. Yeah, there's the name of our church right there. Jesus prays. Jesus prays that there would be a unity among the believers that we would live into what the name of our church calls us to be. United. People who live in unity. That we would be one with each other the same way, just as Jesus and God are one with each other. See, Jesus is calling us to authentic community with the members of the body of Christ. That we would share life with one another the same way, just as Jesus and the Father share life with one another. And that would lead us to oneness. In a broken and fallen world that we live in, it's hard to imagine a group of people that are as united as the Son and the Father. Jesus doesn't pray that we would overcome our difficulties. He doesn't pray that we would learn to, uh, to agree to disagree. He doesn't pray that we would learn to be nice to one another when we're having trouble. What Jesus prays is that we would be who he is. That we would be as connected to one another as he is to the Father. And that we would invest our lives in authentic relationships in the body of Christ that we would not do life alone, that wouldn't just be me and Jesus taking on the world, but that I would invest in life with the body of Christ and that we could be united exactly the same as Jesus is united with the Father. Verse 18 of John 17, Kathos, again, Jesus prays, just as you sent me, Kathos, just as you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. So Jesus prays. He prays that we would have a growing, intimate relationship with the Creator God, and that we would be in community with one another the same way that He is in community with the Father. And then He says, that just as God sent him into the world, he is sending us into the world. We have been sent into the world just as Jesus. That means we continue the work of Jesus in the way that Jesus did the work. That's what we are called to. Those first two invitations, the prayer, the invitation to know God as Jesus knows God and to be united with one another as Jesus and the Father are united or for the purpose that we could be sent into the world the same as Jesus and we could take into the world the same things that Jesus has taken into the world. A little bit later in John's Gospel, Jesus is going to tell his disciples that they will do greater things in this world than he did. What? How could we possibly do anything greater than Jesus? Well, Jesus is praying for generations of followers 
whose lives will be completely transformed as they grow in intimacy with the Creator God, as they live in community with one another and then are sent to continue the work of Jesus. And He imagines that work being spread throughout the globe and that we would finish the work of redemption that Jesus began. Because we're growing with God, we are in community with one another, and we know that we are sent the same way as he is sent. So three movements of a healthy spiritual life. And these are what Jesus prayed you would have. Three movements of a healthy spiritual life. Growing in intimacy with God, committed to authentic community in the body of Christ, and going into the world to continue the mission of Jesus. We as a church and you as a believer are called to build our life around those three things. We could call these the up, in, and out of the body of Christ. See, you're, you're not going to remember all of the big words I used this morning, but you can remember up, in, and out. <laughs> we are called as Jesus followers. And what Jesus prayed for us is that we would grow in three directions, three movements of the spiritual life. First, that we would grow up. That's our relationship with God. Are you growing more intimate with the Creator God? Through your times of prayer and worship and study, are you getting to know God better? Are you inviting Him more deeply into your life? You've been called to grow up in your relationship with God. And Jesus prayed that you would grow in that's your relationship with other believers. That you would grow into community. That we who have come into the church and who are growing in a relationship with God would grow together. That we would invest in one another in that task of becoming more like Jesus and growing up in our relationship with God. And that we would support one another in life. You're called to grow up in God, but you're called to grow in in deep relationship in the community. But you're also called to go out. And that we should be growing out that the influence that we have in the world should expand. We grow out so that what we have learned by growing up and growing in, we take out into a world that is desperate for Jesus. Up, in, out. Up in a growing relationship with God. In, in community with the disciples and out on mission, sent into the world just as Jesus was sent. Are you growing up, in, and out? Or is one of those directions missing in your life right now that Jesus might say, put some work into this one? Today, we celebrate World Communion Sunday. <clears throat> World Communion Sunday is a day set aside in the Christian year for us to remember that when we come to the table of communion, we don't just come, me and Jesus, but we come as part of a worldwide movement that spans generations. That when we receive the elements of communion, we are uniting with the church global over all time. And receiving the body and blood of Jesus. And as we take communion on this World Communion Sunday, I want us to think about how, how all three elements of a healthy spiritual life, up, in, and out, come together 
in the act of taking communion. See, communion is an up act because what do we receive? We receive the body and blood of Jesus. We grow in our relationship with God because we receive a grace in communion that we receive no other way. And the very word, I mean, sometimes it's called communion. Sometimes it's called the Lord's Supper. Sometimes it's called the Holy Eucharist. But when we call it communion, we are saying that we are growing in intimacy with God through the act of bringing Jesus into our very body. And we commune with him. Communion is an inact because when we receive the elements of communion, we do so as the body of Christ together. And there is no more uniting act than acknowledging our need for Jesus and receiving from him what he gave to sustain us on the journey. When we come together, we come together as part of Christians all over the globe who are taking communion today. And it unites us in our shared relationship with Jesus, we grow in. Well, then communion sends us out because having received Jesus and been united with one another at the table, we are to carry what we receive out in the world who needs the same things that we need. We need more Jesus and we live in a world that needs more Jesus. So as we receive a taste of Jesus in communion today, then we are sent out into the world to take <coughs> Jesus into the world that needs him. Communion is an up, in, and out act of worship. So today, we're going to come together to the table as the body of Christ. And my prayer is that in this act of worship, you would receive Jesus and you would grow more intimate with the God who loves you completely that you would grow in community with the body of Christ as you come to the table. And then you would be sent out to take Jesus with you into a world that needs him.